And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello, everyone. Well, gentlemen, it's good to have you here again this week, and uh, thanks for coming in. Um, Today we're talking about um, the baptism of our Lord. This time of year we've been looking at the church calendar a little bit and trying to follow that and tie in our discussion so it's consistent with some of these great events which the church worldwide recognizes and celebrates. And um, who could get us started today to talk a little bit about... um, the baptism of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I kind of have a mind's eye picture. I've never seen it, obviously, but, but maybe we could talk about that later on, some of the art that, that, that takes yeah. place uh, in history regarding this event. But uh, John Vance, maybe you can get us started. Jesus' baptism takes place uh, in the ministry of John the Baptist. This uh, rustic, if you will, and uh, rough-hewn man, no question about it, who lived in the desert. He was a hard man for hard times, so to speak. <laughs> But he came to the Jordan River and invited religious people to be baptized under repentance. Hmm. To, uh, In other words, he was saying that you need to return yeah. to the Lord. Now, his baptism uh, is somewhat different than uh, Christian like, baptism. Yeah, you know, yeah. There are some different that's elements, it. and we won't go into that. That's mm. a big theological thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, uh, his baptism is significant. Jesus comes to the River Jordan and he is baptized by John. Now, John is reluctant to do so, uh, but Jesus tells him that uh, suffer to be so for now to fulfill all righteousness. Hmm. Hmm. And he is baptized, and maybe Mark can pick it up and describe uh, the the phenomenal appearance of the Holy Spirit and, and yeah. so forth there. Well, well there was. You know, and you look at that, and, and you remember, too, that uh, John the Baptist was uh, Jesus' second cousin, it would have been, by Elizabeth. You know, Elizabeth and Mary were cousins. Mm-hmm. And so... How about first cousin once removed? First cousin once removed, it sounds good. <laughs> we'll, we'll take that one. He recognized Jesus before Jesus was born. Before John was born, remember? He lived in the womb. You're right. And so we, we have him there, and he recognizes him, and as soon he's been preaching all this time, they would ask him, are, are you a prophet? Are you, are you the Messiah? And he said, no. He said, but there's one coming mm. whose uh, shoelaces I am not worthy he, to. He was an interesting, to, to, I interrupt you, but he was an interesting character, wasn't he? He was. He's, he's given he's, an awful lot of space in the New Testament. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's uh, something that I think that we... We ignore John's yeah. message as a precursor, as a forerunner of Christ, is very important. Yeah. yeah. So, G- G- Pastor Vance, when you get up, probably you'll preach on um, Jesus' baptism. So, in order to uh, really make an impact that Sunday morning, are you going to be dressed like John the Baptist? <laughs> <laughs> How was he dressed? I'm making run out of the uh, <laughs> of the church. Uh, he he was a rough man. He he. Uh, in some ways, I I picture him as a as a naturalist living off the land. He yeah. ate locusts and Locust wild honey. honey and we take that for granted, but that's a bug. Yes. Yeah. Here's this guy eating yeah. bug and, bugs and honey. Well, yeah. remember, he put the honey on the bug. That you have to, you have <laughs> that to helps them go down a little bit. Yeah, that's I wonder right. if they're still alive or did he roast uh, them? There's yeah. good protein uh, in yeah, the, I understand. Yeah. And now, yeah. You know, that's kind of foreign to us, but uh, I can remember a missionary from uh, who, who was in Brazil and uh, New Tribes Missions, uh, Cecil Nice was his name. Hmm. And uh, he 
told me and uh, conveyed to me how he ate grubs with the natives. Oh, yes. And uh, yes. he says it wasn't so bad after you get used to it a little bit. It was good nutrition, yes. uh, <laughs> yes. protein. So if you're stuck out there in the woods someday, all is not lost. <laughs> find, a, find a beehive and get some honey and, yeah, and some of right. locusts. Yeah. I wonder how many bee stings John the Baptist had on oh, getting that, that honey. <laughs> yeah. So here's this John the Baptist, and I, I kind of see him almost like a, like a character. Almost yeah. like a wild man. He I probably was an wrong. odd. He was an odd man. Yeah. There's no question. Um, yeah. One of those odd people who who uh, was by himself a lot and uh, lived in the desert. Scholars don't quite know what to make of John. <laughs> yeah, but they, you know, you know what? He was odd, but he had a big following. Oh yes. boy, he, he must have been. An, he must have been an articulate preacher. Yes, because the uh, the people followed him, and and mm-hmm. you had a lot of people. Out looking at John, he had something. There. Well, he was he was not only earnest and sincere; yeah. uh, he had conviction, obviously, yeah. because he lost his head. He stuck yeah, true right. to yeah. his his message, and he just stuck true to his Lord. Mm-hmm. But I believe the importance of him, if I remember correctly, I don't have the exact chapter and verse, but Jesus said, "Of woman, there is none greater, none greater. That, that's been born." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's in all the Gospels in one way or another. Yeah. Now, is he uh, is he hearkened to a little bit in uh, the book of Malachi towards the end when it talks about, uh, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet? Yes, I yes. think he's, that's yeah. a fulfillment of, the, yeah. of that. It's amazing. You know, just as we talked about Epiphany in Isaiah and uh, Matthew, promise, fulfillment, mm. you find likewise in John's life this theme, and it's an important way to read the Bible, promise, mm-hmm. fulfillment. That's why in in uh, in the services of worship, at least in in the, ch- the church I pastor, mm-hmm. we always have a reading from the Old Testament and the New to keep that pattern of promise and fulfillment. Yeah, we'll keep that before us. Yeah, I just happened to notice this also in Malachi's writing. Um, after he's talking about sending Elijah the prophet, he talks in part about his mission, and he says he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. Uh, it's kind of interesting how important the family is to God. Yeah, when you look at the family, what has happened with the family now, it's disintegrated a lot. Yeah. And with the disintegration of the family, we have the disintegration of society. Yeah, that's right. We've lost a concept that you find in the Bible, and it's called mm-hmm. the covenant family. Yeah. That's it in a nutshell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is it. Uh, that God, uh, mm-hmm. indeed, in the Bible, parents and children are included as a unit. And... Uh, Parents have responsibility to children and children to their parents, and we're commanded to bring our children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And, of course, that's a reason that some churches see, for instance, baptism, Christian baptism, mm-hmm. as not just simply for an individual, but it is a sign uh, for the entire family. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, just before the break here, you mentioned the covenant. Um, Deb and I are reading a really interesting book, Mondays and Tuesdays on the Covenant Home at 7 o'clock in the evening, and it's called Heirs of the Covenant, uh, Leaving a Legacy of Faith for the Next Generation. It's written by a lady, Susan Hunt, and I am just astonished by her theological insights. She's extremely biblical and uh, would encourage you to join us uh, Monday at 7 o'clock in the evening, also Tuesday, same time, to hear, uh, in part, a book reading from Heirs of the Covenant. I see we have to take a break. Uh, Today we're talking about the baptism of Jesus. And we talked a little bit about uh, John the Baptist. On the other side of the break, let's talk a little bit more now about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and his baptism. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
desert, a voice is crying, prepare the way for Messiah's coming. A stone that makes men stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. He came gently and stepped down into the water With the light of the Father in His face Son of God He had been since the beginning Now as Son of Man Jesus took His place And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Um, we were just talking about the baptism of Jesus. We spent some time uh, talking specifically about this very interesting character by the name of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist comes. He has a powerful message. People start to follow him. And then he's seen baptizing in the Jordan. Uh, John, I think you mentioned that his baptism is a little bit different than Christian baptism today as we know it, and yet Jesus himself is baptized by John. So let's uh, pick up the discussion now and start talking about that. I, I would like to to talk about Jesus' baptism in, on this uh, occasion. Uh, there's a, a, a marvelous book uh, on the baptism of Jesus by Oskar Kuhlmann, a German theologian. I don't recommend people go out and find this book. He's uh, moderately liberal and a number of things, but a great, insightful book he wrote on the baptism of Jesus. And he says that when Jesus uh, uses that phrase to fulfill all of righteousness, it's an interesting thing. He says that in one sense, this is, this is a sign that Jesus has identified himself with the world. Hmm. He's going to take our place. And remember, throughout his life, he is representing us even in his death. But this is this is the inauguration of his public ministry, and there is a sign, if you will, from heaven that the Holy Spirit yes. fulfills him, and he identifies with us. And in our baptism, we identify with Jesus. That's so that his baptism into us is a call to us to be baptized in him. Mm-hmm. And in some sense, uh, John's baptism, which he baptized Jesus with, uh, is is not so much we are to emulate that per se, but that the baptism of Jesus, his identity with the human race, uh, is a summons to us to identify with him and to receive him as our Lord and Savior. Yeah. And yeah, to be baptized and follow him. That's mm. the second time when we see him 
identified. If you go back to uh, the temple, when he's in the temple with Simeon and Anna, the purpose of that was the purification. And the term there, that's, it was the purification of them. Well, that was his mother, mm-hmm. and that was Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he didn't need any purification. He had no sin. But yet he was there as identifying with us. He who had no sin, as Paul writes, became sin for us. Became sin for us. Who Mm -hmm. knew no sin. So that that complex of baptism uh, that you find in John's ministry and Jesus being baptized and then us being baptized in his name is quite a rich theological understanding of what it means to be in Christ. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, we're mm-hmm. identified with him when, in our baptism. That's and Mark, I remember some time ago you mentioned in connection with the Trinity this uh, picture we have in the gospel here of Jesus being baptized, um, right. the heavens are opened, the Spirit, Spirit of God comes. descending on him, the voice of the Father, or the, right? right? That, and you so mentioned you have the that. voice of the Father, you have the Son and the Holy Spirit yeah. all together at one place and at one time, and yet separate from one another. Mm -hmm. And this also is the reason, of course, uh, that uh, uh, Jesus taught us to call God our Father. Mm -hmm. Uh, That is his Father. But you do have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's no wonder that from the very beginning you find in the New Testament a very rich conception of the doctrine of the Trinity. Yes. It was not something invented in the 3rd or 4th century. Mm-hmm. No. It was there uh, from the very beginning, <laughs> and uh, uh, it, it's just a simply a matter of, of uh, uh, fleshing it out and understanding what really yeah. these events represent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Is there also a sense of Jesus being anointed as the high priest of Israel? Well, I would say that in this case, uh, it's clear uh, that he is being inaugurated in his ministry, and yeah. he is prophet, priest, oh, there it is. Yeah. and king. Right. Yes. That's a, his ministry is starting, and that's yeah. a, one of the, the great themes in early Christian art. You see a number of different things in early Christian art, and one of them is, of course, the feeding of the 5,000, the loaves and fishes. Mm-hmm. You see the fish being used a lot. But Jesus' baptism is definitely also one yeah. of the big... Early church themes. Now, following on the heels of this, how, how often has it been, dear Christian, that um, you've had a, a meaningful um, worship service, uh, Christ has met you in a special way, you've heard the gospel preached, and uh, maybe you've read your Bible, maybe a devotional, maybe you read an excellent book, and the Lord seems especially close, and then, boom, it hits you, some terrible temptation It's kind of interesting here, too, and we mentioned before we opened the mics that following right on the heels of Jesus' baptism now is his temptation. The temptation uh, scene uh, uh, when he is tempted by the devil three times, sometimes when you uh, dedicate or throw yourself into a Christian work in particular or uh, something that you undertake by faith, sometimes that's when... The adversary comes, yeah, and and attacks you the the great in the greatest way, yeah. Uh, Jesus uh, fasted uh, for forty days and forty nights, and he was in the desert. And then the devil came to him. Mm. Uh, in a real sense, this is a test. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a test. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating to me too that that the text says that uh, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So at no time was God 
losing control here. No. Uh, it's very uh, interesting. And I think the word for for lead might even be stronger. I mm-hmm. Mark, maybe you can remember, but I think that might be related that. to balo uh, in mm-hmm. Greek, which Could means be. to be cast into it's very crazy. Uh, or driven. Oh, my. Almost. Yeah. So it's yeah. stronger. Uh, you should check that on me, Mark. And I don't want to say something here. And, that the, uh, and the fact that he fasted, uh, you know, that that also sounds very preparatory in his spirit so that the Lord now has Jesus, the Son of God, ready to go through this terrible temptation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do very good on fasting, I'll be honest. I, I, that's, <laughs> that's a real weak spot with me. But we, we had a, a time of fasting in the church not too long ago. Yeah. We it's not something we impose on Christians, no. but we invited people to consider a week of fasting. We'd mm-hmm. had a lot of problems uh, that we, we thought we wanted to dedicate ourselves yes. to and pray about. And, and, and the verse that uh, prompted us to do so was from a lady in the church who heard me say, and then she reminded me and asked the elders to set aside a week, mm-hmm. uh, that some things only go out by prayer and fasting. Very true. Very true. So yeah. Jesus fasted before he he uh, actually mm. began his preaching and teaching ministry. Yeah. Yeah, you see that. Uh, you know, I, I did a study once years ago just looking at uh, – what Jesus did when he, when he would get off by himself for, for a time of prayer, not just fasting, but especially prayer as well. And every time there was a significant thing that went on, you see a passage where Jesus went off and prayed. Now, this is his ministry. You saw it when he went to choose his disciples. That mm-hmm. just preceding that, there was a time when Jesus went off to pray. Yeah. And, and, now, I think his his temptations are instructive for us, though. Did you notice uh, in the temptation uh, temptations that he had, uh, he used Scripture. He oh, used yes. Scripture, indeed, to quote back to the devil. Yeah. I happen to have a uh, Bible version here that's got the uh, red letter, so it helps me find really quick, you know, the quotations <laughs> of Jesus. helps my weak mind. And uh, the first one listed here... Um, is um, after the tempter comes to him, he says, since you are, or if you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And he answers back, it is written, like you say, John, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Here's a guy that just has been fasting. I mean, and it was a major fast. And it was a major temptation. Oh, oh, dear. The interesting uh, aspect of that is, though, that he reminds us uh, that we are to understand that our souls are much more important than our physical needs. Mm-hmm. We've got it reversed today, don't we? Yes, we do. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he quotes the scriptures. Yes, we are to live by the word of God. Yeah. The scriptures. He, he later is taken up um, by the devil, it says, uh, to the pinnacle of the temple. And again, Satan says, if you're the, if, or since, you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, he shall give his angels charge concerning you. And, and I'm reminded how that Satan is familiar with some of these passages of Scripture and can misuse them against us. And, misapply and, them and is misapply what he's doing. Them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jesus quotes, I think, all three times from the book of Deuteronomy, I'm not, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Uh, that's correct. Yeah, I see it here. Yep. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that in this particular temptation, he says it's written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And so he puts Satan in his place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He basically says, Satan, I am your God. 
<laughs> you shall not tempt yes. the Lord your God. Yeah. God is over all, even Satan. Yeah. Well, anyway, Jesus uh, fulfills his, if I can put it this way, his role. Yeah. He stays faithful to the Father, and he learned obedience. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's important to understand. This is not something that is a just kind of a literary piece. This is something that really happened to yeah. our Savior. He felt yeah. the hunger, the the, the the pangs of hunger. Uh, he saw the glory. He could take a shortcut uh, to accomplish his goal. None of those things. He was in right. perfect obedience to his Father in mm-hmm. heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, don't you wish you could just kind of be there and actually see going back to the baptism of Jesus and see how it may have appeared. I know we don't have to because we have the whole Bible written for us. It's all that we need, certainly. But it must have been fascinating for those who actually saw the Son of God actually being baptized by John. Now, here's an interesting thing about baptism. Uh, Mark can follow up on this. But he could always look back to his baptism, which was his initiation. Yes. Into Mm -hmm. his ministry and saying, you know, that is something I can look to to remind me over and over to be faithful to my Father in heaven. And it's something that a Christian, when they are baptized into Christ, you always have that to look back upon. Either uh, by the fact that you were baptized as a believing adult or you were baptized as a covenant child, Mm -hmm. you can always look back upon uh, that you have been baptized as a foundation for your life. Yeah. Yeah, Luther used to do that a lot. You know, he mentioned that. He said, "There, you know, there are times he, he'd wake up in the morning and apparently not even feel like a Christian, but he'd he'd remember his <laughs> baptism and it kept him yeah. grounded. You know, it just uh, that's right, that's right." Yeah. Yeah. Luther once said about baptism. Someone asked him, uh, "What is the es- essence of the Christian life?" And he said, "Living out your baptism every day, yeah, mm. uh, yeah. Uh, dying and rising with Christ, Christ and yeah. that's what it yeah. is. Yep, yeah. yeah. identifying with Christ." Mm-hmm. He was masterful in uh, uh, those ways of understanding yeah. uh, very simply. Uh, but baptism is an important thing for us. It is. I think far too often, particularly from our evangelical brothers uh, and sisters, uh, baptism uh, has some warrant in Scripture, and you do it. But no, it's more than just a warrant. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, it makes a difference between you and the world. It That's really right. does. And I yeah. remember, John, you've shared before how that in Islamic nations, under Sharia law, if a convert to Christianity receives baptism, that's a very that's a danger point for that individual. It's considered uh, a capital offense yes. subject to the death penalty. Yes. So in, in some ways, our, our Muslim... Um, Friends, can I call them that? Um, understand baptism or the significance of baptism sometimes better, I think, than mm-hmm. even Christians do. Shame on mm-hmm. us! Shame yeah. on us! Yeah, absolutely. Um, for depreciating the sign. I also think about who was it? Moses? Um, who was it? Uh, Mark? Yeah, Moses. Uh, that, You're talking about that. That, re- that, re- that didn't um, circumcise Size his children. Yeah. yeah, and how God viewed that. Wow. He threatened to kill Moses. Yeah. If, yeah. I, if I recall that correctly. That's, that's right, yeah. And then it's amazing. Zipporah uh, yeah. actually so, oh, performed the circumcision, man. and it was, yeah. She, <laughs> we should not treat frivolously, of course, God's holy signs yeah, and that's seals. Right. That's it. Yeah. That is the point. That's these, it. these are major. And so Jesus, in complete obedience to his Father, uh, received baptism. It, it's really, really neat. You mentioned, uh, by the way, uh, Dan, uh, a book. Uh, yeah. And I think I, I would uh, 
I would urge you to to mention that book again. And that book, um, oh yes, the that, title that is the book. It's called Heirs of the Covenant. Um, Deb and I are reading this book Monday and Tuesday evenings on the Covenant Home, and uh, we're going to order some up. And um, if you would like a copy of this book, um, we we have a limited. We'll have a limited quantity on hand, but. Um, some of you are, are very short on resources, and um, we have a few extra books. Let us know, and we'll get okay. you a copy. Free of charge, it's called Heirs of the Covenant, Leaving a Legacy of Faith for the Next Generation. Okay. It's, a, it's a transformational book in terms of your understanding of the Christian home and God's covenant yeah. promises to parents. It's a, it's a wonderful book. But you're signified in baptism. Yep. Oh, yeah, Signif- no yep. question. Yep. Yep. Which is... Uh, and I'll second that. We used that book uh, in a in a Bible study in a, another church that I was at. You did. Well, yes. I confess I've not read it, so maybe I should read it. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't have read it if it ha- hadn't been for the uh, Covenant Home program. Yeah. Well, we're just about out of time for the program today. Uh, we have been talking about the baptism of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Maybe you have a question about today's program. We would invite your uh, question. Our email address is ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. That's ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. You can also leave a message on our toll-free number. That number is 888-724-4427. And there is a mailbox there that's been reserved just for a plain answer. So check that out. In the studio with me today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Uh, just, uh, we got one minute left, uh, just a quick wrap-up thought uh, before we close. Yeah, I would just say what John said earlier about uh, the baptism of Christ identifying with us, and then mm. now our baptism is us identifying with Jesus Christ. How important that was. All righteousness was fulfilled, in. that's why he was baptized, that all mm. righteousness might be fulfilled. And uh, how precious our baptism is then, because our righteousness has been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he was baptized into us that we might be baptized into him. He is our identity. Precious. Praise be to God for his goodness to us. Thank you for joining us today for another edition of A Plain Answer. Please join us again next week at the same time here at Redeemer Broadcasting. The sign of the one who would surely come When he heard what the thunder now was saying It was clear this must be the chosen one The deaf will hear and the dumb will talk The blind will see And the lame will walk A stone that makes men stumble And a rock that makes them fall